Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is a Locker Room Production. In Red Nation, it's Jeremy Brennan here, and we are talking Rockets versus Warriors. Another loss for our beloved Houston Rockets on this Saturday evening, 125-109, the final. It's, you know, a lot of the same storylines that we've seen throughout the season have kind of stemmed into tonight. But, you know, John Wall had a solid 30 points leading the Rockets, 11 and 19 from the field. Nice to see him back healthy, playing well. Christian Wood dropped 18. Kelly Olenek, 18 and 11. DJ Augustine dropped 19 off the bench. So there were some bright spots in tonight's game, but ultimately, you know, it's really difficult to win games when you have the best player on the court playing for the other team. And that was Steph Curry. And Steph Curry, I think, proved tonight that he is just far better than everyone else on the Rockets. And, you know, that's okay. Like, like we're not asking the Rockets right now to be Steph Curry. Like, I don't think that's very fair for them. So that's just, you know, how tonight goes. And, you know, how we take a step closer on this, you know, very long journey that will hopefully lead to a Rockets championship Sunday, but that day is probably not in the near future. But we'll talk we'll talk a little bit about tonight's game. Some things that I wanna add, some things that, you know, some of the things that we can talk about for future storylines with this team, as the next game is always right around the corner. I believe they play next on Monday. They play at Phoenix, so of course uh, that should be a fun game. I mean, the last Rocket Suns game was was pretty fun, so uh, we should be in for another fun one there, I guess. But uh, let's go back to tonight. So the Rockets, they they came up and they kind of struggled at the gate a little bit. I see some speaker requests here. If you're listening to us live in locker room, I'm gonna bring y'all up in just a sec. Um, but yeah, you know the Rockets started off. They were hitting their threes in the first quarter, but then the second quarter the defense really started slagging off and then the lead kind of went to double digits and the Rockets were never really able to climb out of it. They got to within nine with about two minutes left, but it was still not nowhere near close and they didn't really have a shot in this one. But I see that Nick wants to come up and speak, so I'm going to let him come up. Come Nick, up. welcome to the Dream Take, man. How are you? I'm good, man. How's it going, man? Um, I'm feeling all right. Wish I had a Rockets win to talk about, but I'm always a blessing to talk Rockets. Yeah. Oh, man, tonight what I saw from the team tonight, man, is no effort out the gate. I mean, the second quarter, they had one of those fields, but just the defense wasn't there tonight. I mean, you could just see it. Like, 
the effort level was just horrible. Body you could sense the fatigue. You could sense the fatigue yeah. that this team had. And, you know, I'm going to bring my co-pilot, Michael Brown, up here. Mike, uh, we're just talking with Nick here. So, um, yeah, I mean, tonight, you know, back-to-backs are tough, especially when you play a really good team the night before. And they spent a lot of their energy last night trying to recover from that large lead that they had or excuse me, the large deficit that they kind of piled up on themselves. So, yeah, that's, you know, it's difficult. But as always, you know, not every game is going to be perfect. This team is obviously not projected to be doing as, you know, very well. But, hey, that's that's just, that's life. Back. Yeah, Mike, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, brother? Um, All right. Props to your boy. One Benjamin McLemore killing it for the Lakers this evening. Yes, thank you. Uh, the president of the Ben McLemore fan club is, is very thrilled about tonight. At least uh, someone got a win tonight in hey, the good guys' crowd. Tonight was a win for the Rockets, man. Honestly. I you mean, think so? You know, it's so funny because you were such a positive influence on my changing of the guard with this team. Because every night now, like you go in, I go into the game. Just keep it close. Like yeah. keep, keep fans like you and I and Jake and Nick. Like just keep it close. Keep it entertaining. Develop the guys. Like tonight, we saw a three guard set with Augustine, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. and John Wall. Hadn't right. seen that before. Um, like, I mean, a win does what tonight? Like beating the Mavericks meant something. You know, Heck, whether they yeah. want to admit it or not, Silas wanted to be Carlisle. The city of I Houston. Know. I, I, I always I hate I hate Golden State. I, I don't know about so like, do I. Like, yeah, I, I, I feel like I this Rocket team, they don't tonight. they don't really they don't really have beef with Golden State. Like past Rocket teams, they had Harden on there, Tucker, you know, right. they had beef with them. This team, they're so young, you know. Yeah, but, but it's not like it's not like the Rockets had beef with Dallas either. No, but there's more it's of like a personal connection to it at this point. And it's that game meant something to the guys, like I know it did. But right now, it's it's all about developing your talent, seeing what you have. And I think the Rockets know what they have at this point. You know, like, I don't think there's any – for the most part. I was a little shocked that uh, Armani Brooks didn't play at all tonight or Daquan Jeffries. Um, I, think, I think it's still – we're seeing – you know, I've, I've said recently that – they they would probably get some run at least maybe a little bit, but you know Sterling Brown left today's game yeah, uh, with some knee soreness, so that might open up opportunities for some of those guys. But sure. at this point, you know they like Armani Brooks just joined the team on this road trip. Tonight was the second night in which he was available to play, and you know maybe so maybe we'll see that moving forward. I mean, there's still a month left in the season, so. There's still a lot of time for these Jeremy guys. Jeremy and Mike. Um, and uh, can I can I ask you something before? You, uh, what do you guys think about that two big lineup, two big man lineup? Mike loves it. I know that. Um, I I I like the idea of it. Like I I think Kelly Olynyk is a good fit next to Christian Wood. I don't think he's a great yeah. fit because I think they both play way too similarly. Like Christian Wood, if he had his choice is not a back-to-the-basket type of big, and neither is Kelly Olenek. Yeah. So you have your two big guys roaming the three-point line or roaming the arc. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I think moving forward, they have to find a 
big that works well with Christian Wood. Yeah. Well, what Dr. Kelly, Olen- yeah, what Kelly Olenek brings that is definitely a plus, and how he compliments Christian Wood is he's a he's a better rebounder than Christian Wood right now, and that helps. Yeah. So, which whoever the guy is after Kelly Olenek, or whether it's Kelly Olenek next season, which I'm of the opinion that Kelly Olenek won't be on the squad after the season, but. Whoever, so whoever takes that role next season needs to be as as good of a rebounder as possible, if not an elite rebounder. That's why that's why Mike and I have preached John Collins for months now, and we will continue to do that until we know where John Collins is playing next season. And even after that, we might just uh, try to create some you know wild trade trade rumors and all of that um, to just try to pry him over. But uh, Nick, appreciate you coming up on stage talking with us. And yeah, uh, hope to hope to see you in the future. Wait, can I can I say one more thing real quick? Go uh, ahead. What, what about the uh, defense, the defensive part? I feel like once if we get to round with a defensive power forward, I think that'd be great next to it. Like a, how we had Robert Covington last year as like a help defender. Yeah, you know, Jay Sean Tate is definitely the start of the team's defensive identity. I also really like KJ Martin's defense. Had that mm. sick block on Wiseman, which unfortunately oh, led yeah. to Wiseman, you know, leaving the game, and he's going to end up having an MRI on that knee. So hopefully he stays healthy, but. Uh, you know, you can start to see the defense, you know, show like there are some defensive pieces on the scheme, but they look it, tonight, the, the Warriors shot 54% from the field, 40% from three. I know you got Steph Curry there and that's a big reason why they shot 40% yeah. from three, but the defense has to be better. It's just, it's just not acceptable at this point. Yeah. yeah but I yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it, Nick. Yeah, no problem, man. I'm going to, I'm going to bring up Jake Mountford onto the stage for us, Jake. Uh, what is it like? The sun must be rising where you are, man. <laughs> uh, uh, almost. I, I reckon if I look outside now, I'm gonna avoid. You're it, basically but... nocturnal, dog. <laughs> I'm crazy. But what's the but... time for the next game? That's what I'm worried about. Uh, I think it's, it's another. It's another, it's another uh, 10 p.m. start on the yeah. East Coast, 9 well, p.m. on in pretty, Houston time. Brilliant. So brilliant. All right. Well, I'll be there anyway. So <laughs> loyals, they come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. just. I was just going to expand on the rebounding thing. Um. I asked Mike uh, on Facebook yesterday because uh, he uh, Christian Wood got three rebounds in that last game, and in this game I think he got six. And I was just, I was just, seven uh, I asked tonight. seven, okay, eighteen point um, seven boards. Yeah, uh, so I was just, I was just going to ask this because I asked Mike yesterday. Um, do you think that he's Christian Wood? This is. Do you think he's a bit concerned to hustle for rebounds because if he's he's concerned about his ankle? Like, do you think that's got to do any, uh, anything to help uh, to? you know, deter Wood from rebounding. Do you think that has any any weight to it, do you reckon? Mike, do you want to take this one? Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit last night. I mean, I think overall, I think, I think Wood is being cautious. I think if this mm. team was a playoff team and they're playing much more important games, I think you would see him be more aggressive on the boards, especially early in the year when he was basically a double-digit rebound type of guy at night I do think he's being cautious but I also think that part of it is the way that he plays which is he'd rather be on the perimeter you know unless he's you know lobs him with his back to the basket being close to the rim for a hook shot or a turnaround jump shot that's not his game so I think moving forward I think if he had his way he would have a guy that would just stay in the paint rebound, do all the dirty work, and let him sit on the perimeter. And I think moving forward, it would not shock me if he's more of a 7 
to 10 rebound a night kind of guy and not a 11 to 15 type of guy. Before so I, think, the, yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. Before he went down for the injury, he was averaging 22 and 10. Yeah. Now he's averaging 19 and 8. And I think part of the reason why he isn't, you know, he isn't rebounding as much, I do think that might have something to do with it. But also, most of the games that he's played after his injury have come with Kelly Olynyk in the lineup. And that can, you know, that, I don't want to say excuses him from being away from the basket, but he's, he has a little bit more freedom. He doesn't have to play near the basket, which does take away rebounding opportunities for him. And, you know, Kelly Olynyk has, you know, been our best rebounder since he's come to the team. So that I think has a large role to it as well. I think there's a bunch of different things, but at this point, you know, I've said since the very beginning of the season, something that Mike and I both preached is Christian Wood in the offseason needs to add like 20 pounds of muscle. Yep. And if he does that, I think that will help him in his entire game. The rebounding, finishing, getting to the basket, being a little bit more physical in the paint, that, you know, that will solve a ton of problems that we've, you know, seen from Christian Wood. I don't want to, you know, problems is a bad word, I, I think personally, but it will improve it will improve his game and it will make him that much more dynamic because what we've like we've seen times when Christian Wood can be that guy I think most recently we saw it uh on Wednesday when he had what was it like 23 points and you know what was that what was his line against Dallas it was uh, uh 22 points 10 boards five of eight from three like that I think is more of what we want to see, like what the team wants to see out of Christian Wood. They want him to be a, they want him to be a three point threat. You know, he shoots 38% from the three point line. So that's obviously, you know, they want to utilize that. But also if you, if you put him on the three point line that does, you know, limit his potential as a rebounder. So that's also another thing too. And that's why the next guy they need to get needs to be that kind of rebounder because if that's the case, then it's okay for Christian Wood to be getting seven, eight boards a game right. because you have someone that is, you know, supporting him and cleaning up that mess. And Jay Sean Tate is, is fine, but it's not like a long-term solution. KJ Martin's a, a, a nice little solution, but it's not a long-term full-time solution. It needs to be someone else that is there strictly to rebound. And, you know, Maybe this, I'm curious to see maybe if the Rockets will finally view, like, put a, a, like, the thing is for me, I see Kelly Olenek as a four and them putting Christian Wood as a five, but maybe they're starting to see Christian Wood more as a four. And, and if that's the case, that might actually, you know, boost the Rockets' uh, strength. Because if you look at this, if you look at where uh, Steven Silas was at Dallas last year, right? They kind of view um, Kevin Porter as, I guess, or, or John Wall, even before that, James Harden. James Harden was the Luka, and Christian Wood was the KP. And, but the thing with Porzingis is because Porzingis doesn't play in the paint too often. They usually have a big there, whether it's Dwight Powell or Willie Cauley-Stein or Boban or someone. They have a guy that's there to, you know – make up for the uh, the fact that KP is on the perimeter. And that, I think, is what the Rockets truly need. But the thing with Kelly Olenek, and I think what Mike was trying to allude to earlier, is that Kelly Olenek also likes to be on the perimeter. 
And, you know, because Christian Wood is trying to be that, Kelly Olenek has to play down low a lot more. And that is, and while Kelly Olenek's been great, he, that's not his, like, natural, you know, I don't think that they're really, truly ex- experiencing his true, his full potential. Right. So, so there's your long-term answer. The What you just said, and we talked about this last night on the show as well, Jeremy, but I want to get your take on it. With what you just said, that's why Evan Mobley makes all the sense in the world to me. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Like, he... He fits, first of all, Bullard has talked about this on on broadcast before. He's not going to be ready right away, but the Rockets don't need him to be ready right away. Like, he's Clint Capella with more game coming into the league than Clint did. That's all you need him to do. Just go rebound, go block shots, do your thing. This team gets instantly better with Evan Mobley on the floor with Christian Wood. Because it frees, you're taking the handcuffs off of Christian Wood. Because I, like I've said the entire season, I think Christian Wood has been playing out of position. I don't, he's not a center. He's a power forward. He's a, he's, he's not built, and it's not his fault, but he's not built to go up against Andre Drummond, Nikola Jokic, Vucevic, night in and night out. So if, if if you go get a guy, let's say, like Jalen Suggs, I think Jalen Suggs makes sense because he's a great player, but Evan Mobley fits exactly what this team needs, which is a defensive anchor for the next 10 years plus. See, the, my thing is this. I, I don't mind that, but I do think that Mobley is a little bit restricted offensively. I, I, I wish he would have a three-point shot, like, I think if if Evan Mobley had like a three point shot, I think he'd be considered as like uh, as a potential number one pick. But, but why, he is. But not, you don't need him to do that. You don't need him to. You don't. But you, like, why, but like, you why, already like, have it. But the thing is, Mike, is my thing is you have a top three pick. You need to get a superstar with that pick. And if you're not getting a like, then if you're not getting a superstar, you might as well trade back and, and get and get more picks and and possibly just better value. But like. The, this team needs a star, and I'm not like I don't want Evan Mobley to feel limited. It's, and I'm not saying Evan Mobley can't be a star, but I don't think he can be a star with Christian Wood next to him. That that to me, like I don't want like a compliment. Like I want someone that can form a big three with these two guys. I don't know if Evan Mobley is that, and you know maybe maybe he is, maybe he isn't. We may or may not ever find the answer to that, but. I personally think that, you know, I personally think that Evan Mobley just isn't what I think there are better fits than look. Hey, I'm not going to say, though, if if you have a top three pick and Evan Mobley is the best player on the board, I'm not saying don't take him, but it depends on where the Rockets are. And and we'll obviously be playing this. Um, we'll obviously be playing this, you know, devil's advocate game for the next, you know, three plus months. So keep mm. keep uh, this is this episode of Devil's Advocate. Uh, stay tuned for the next one, which will probably be coming <laughs> on the next episode of the Dream Take. But something that I wanted to bring up a little bit, and this is the last I'll talk about tonight's game because I think that it's it's right to move on after this. But I I don't something about Kevin Porter's passing, and it's not his fault. I think it's the way he's been. Um, 
like, I guess, led in the direction by the coaching staff. I don't like these, uh, like, weak passes into the lane, like these, like, floater passes, it, like, into space for Kelly Olenek or for Christian Wood. I think, because I think what that leads to is it leads to easy, easy opportunity for people to double, and it, it forces them to move and make an awkward position before they even get the ball. And I, I personally, I think that leads to bad habits. I don't like to, I like, when I'm, I want for my point guard, I want crisp, strong passes. And Kevin Porter has the ability to do that. We've seen it before. But we're seeing a lot of these, you know, like, hinky-dinky passes into the, into the lane. And some of them, you know, some of them are, you know, fine, because it's, there's no chance of it getting turned over, but... I don't think it lay. I don't think it leads the Rockets to success most of the time. So I don't know. I don't know what y'all think about it, but that that's my two cents on the issue. Because look, Kevin Porter has the ability. We saw it last night. He had like a career high in assists, like thirteen assists. But tonight, like I don't know. And maybe John Wall take uh, taking a lot of that uh, opportunity for him. But I don't know. To me, I just I wish they wouldn't lead Kevin Porter along that path. Jake, was, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to say, um, I think with these passes as well, like we, we get a lot of turnovers and the amount of fast break points that Golden State got tonight and even yesterday, like just giving the ball away so easily recently, it's just not, we're not going to win games, even though, you know, we've, we've been competitive and I think most of the recent games, but we're not going to win games by turning the ball over as much as we do and not getting back on, mm-hmm. on defense. Because like when we're doing these passes, like I, I remember like late in the game, uh, Paul Junior was like stuck in the in the paint, and he just threw it to the backboard. And I was like, "Well, like, there's always going to be someone around, and you just need to look for it. Otherwise, we're going to turn over, and they're not going to get back on defense. And that's an open layup um, for Golden Eight, State. 18, just... 18 turnovers for the Rockets tonight. Fifteen of those yeah. came from John Wall, Kevin Porter, and Christian Wood. And it's demoralizing think... to see it as well. Yeah, I think one thing to see there though is. The Rockets are so ISO heavy with this team on the create points. Yeah. Whether it's Kevin Porter Jr. or whether it's John Wall, like a lot of their points are generated not from sets necessarily. They, he also doesn't have, going back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, Kevin Porter Jr. does not have a big man that he can get the ball to, which I think opens what up. What do you mean? Well, no, 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 sorry. A, a big guy who plays a back to the basket, like close to the basket. Like a lot of his passes to Olenek and Wood are predicated on the perimeter and not necessarily a post-up is what I should say. So I think that hurts him too because we all know, I mean, the NBA is just filled with great perimeter defenders that the more you throw the ball around the perimeter, the more susceptible you are to turnovers. So I don't I don't think the Rockets have great spacing because of that, which leads yeah. to a lot of turnovers. Unfortunately, yeah. that's why. That's and the know. spacing tonight was an issue because I think Silas tried to get a little bit cute when he realized that um, that Wiseman was out. They didn't have enough reason. Uh, so so he saw Wiseman was out. His eyes got big, and he's like, "Oh, they're going to play small for the rest of the game because they don't have anybody else." So he's like, "Let me put up Olenek and Christian Wood," and I think it backfired on him. I know that he wants to play Olenek and um, Wood together, but Jonathan said in the comments, uh, you know, this is the perfect game to, to isolate those two and to have one guy on the floor at the time. 
especially in a back-to-back when they could have afforded to do that. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I don't blame, but obviously there is a bigger picture here. Um, but it wasn't really all about tonight's game. But, uh, Jake, I'm going to let other people get on. Uh, appreciate you coming back on and uh, staying on. No problem. Appreciate you, Jake. No problem, yeah. Cheers, man. All right, we're bringing back Jonathan on to the podcast. Jonathan, what's going on, man? What's going on, Jeremy? What's going on, Michael? It's uh, it's chilling, chilling on a Sunday morning. <laughs> it's Sunday morning on the East Coast, and about to be Sunday morning in the uh, Central Time Zone. Yeah, about about right, about time. Um, yeah, this was a really tough game. Um, I actually went to the last uh, Warriors Rockets game in person, and it was kind of a lot of this kind of a lot of the same. Um, you know, they just have no positive. answer for stuff. They have no answer for stuff. Oh, for sure, well, for to, sure. I, but, be, I mean, go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say, to be fair, I don't know what a lot of teams do, you know. Like, it, it's, he's an, he's incredible. Like, the dude is just nuts. So, yeah. I, I don't think that's all on the Rockets, but I get, I get where you're coming from with him. For sure, and I mean, I think the thing that was very disappointing was that we started off decent in the first quarter and slow in the second. And that's when the Warriors started pulling away. In both games, Steph wasn't great in the first half. This first half, he had 10. It was Wiggins just going at Olenek every single possession. And I'm like, please, Silas, bench him. Like, I love Olenek. He's been great. But, you know, I, I just felt like they needed a bit more management. Like, it, they did get a lot, a little bit more cute when Wiseman went out. And I think it really, it was tough. It, there was no spacing. Yeah, um... Look, uh, the Warriors. The Warriors are, are a very interesting group of talent in my eyes. Like they're caught in no man's land without Clay, but there's a lot. There's a lot of dudes on that team can go fill the the rock. You know what I mean? Like you got Steph, you got Draymond, you got Poole, you got Wiggins, you had Weissman. Like that is a good basketball team. Oh. It's a good. They're they're not great outside of stuff. I think they're really bad. They're they're, they're, they're kind I'm of. Not even gonna lie. They're not. They're not, they're not bad. Good. They're not. They're, 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 they are bad. bad. They're not. They are bad. Without stuff, they're, they're not bad. kings. Bad Steph, Look, Steph is a floor raiser for this team. They are barely at like almost at five hundred because Steph is carrying this team. You saw what happened a few weeks ago when they didn't have Steph against the Raptors. The Raptors of all teams that are struggling as bad as anyone in the league right now. They lost to the Raptors by 50 points, guys. Like, this Warriors team is not the team that we have come to know as the Warriors. They are just not that team. Like, Andrew Wiggins is just not, like, he scores a lot, but he doesn't do a whole lot else for you. And especially, you know, Jordan Poole's been nice. I'll I'll give him that. But, man, like, this team is just not, like, because, look, the Rockets aren't that good either. But, like, the Warriors... Like, Steph is carrying this team barely to the play-in. And, they, they, and look, they're going to have to play a lot of games. They lost to the Wizards last night, guys. So, like, this team is um, – they're just – I don't know. And I've, and I've been in some rooms here on Locker Room. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you all, the, the Warriors fans, for from what I've seen from people, they – like, people are not happy with the Warriors. Like, yeah, they, they shouldn't they be. Think, they think that they – like – the Warriors, people think that they are in no man's land. And and whether Steph is going to want to stay al- aboard for this rebuild and Clay staying able for this rebuild and Draymond. Like, this team is not a title contender anymore, guys. This is not it. But 
that's enough about, you know, the war. I, I know a Warriors fan's probably coming from my head in the, in the chat right now, but, um, do it. That's, <laughs> that's all that I'll, that's all that I'll say on that. But look, the Warriors, like, look, Steph, I, I really like watching Steph play when there isn't, you know, such, uh, huge stakes on the line. For me, on the other side of the Steph, I do enjoy watching him play without there being that much pressure. So he, it was nice watching him play tonight and how he's played this season. I've really enjoyed watching him play. But, you know, we'll see if the Warriors can get into that play. And I hope they do because I think if they if we can get, like, a 1-8 matchup with the Warriors or we can get Steph in an elimination game, like, I want to see Steph in an elimination game, like, like go off to, sure. like, 50, 55 or something like that. You know, he's going to... I think next game he's gonna break the uh, all-time you know franchise scoring record. I think they said that on the broadcast tonight. So, uh, props step for that. And he look, Clay Thompson makes that team just on another level. So losing Clay just really hurts them. But that's why they're they're just a. First of all, tonight was key in my eyes for Kevin Porter Jr. to go up against a guy like Steph, like to be on the court with a guy like Steph and a guy like Draymond Green. I mean, Draymond Green, his on-court knowledge, just I, – I love watching that dude play. I would love – you want to talk about a guy who would be a perfect fit on this team is Draymond Green. Um, oh, man. Well, we have Jayshon Tate. Jayshon yeah. Tate is Draymond Green. <laughs> like, Jayshon Tate, Jayshon Tate can be Draymond Green. You spoke my that's mind. His, that's but his, would you that's not his, take like, Draymond Green? It, no, I got Jayshon Tate. I got Jayshon Tate. And we're uh, playing him at the three. <laughs> Well, but that's the thing is that Draymond Green on this team would be a would be a. I mean, Mike, you're gonna get you're gonna some some Rockets fans gonna throw hands at you for that. Let's go because Jayshon Tate should be your three and Draymond Green could be your four, no, or your five, whatever. Who cares? Like, you're gonna tell me that you wouldn't take a starting five of Kevin Porter Jr. Let's say you get Jalen Suggs, right? Kevin Look, Porter Jr., Jalen Suggs, Jay Shante, Draymond Green, and Christian Wood. Wait, I have wait. I just want to step in one second. I mean, I think Tate can play the three or like a wing position and and kind of short spots, but he's a natural four, especially if we want to make that Draymond comp. And I think mm-hmm. it's kind of doing a disservice to both the offense and the defense where Tate he can't use his strength out on the perimeter. Yeah, you, he's you great in the paint. You cannot you cannot play Jay Shantae. And Draymond Green together. That is a disservice to your offense. Because, because look, Draymond Green, like I'll, I'll pull a mic here. Draymond Green, two points. Okay, so we're playing four on five on offense right now because PJ Tucker is a no on offense, and Draymond Green was like doesn't do anything on offense. So we're playing four on five. But I mean, Steph Curry counts as like three people, so it might as well be six on five for the Warriors or whatever. So but, you guys want to have a starting power forward who's six four? Because I don't. Draymond's 6'6". Six, six. He's not a four. No, no, no. Jason Tate is 6'4". Mike, get, get this out of your head that, you know, people, like, heights and, and positions and all that, that's not how basketball's played anymore. It's not. Uh, it's not how the Rockets are playing basketball, I'll tell you that. And they're the second worst team in the league. But that's not <laughs> so, why. That's not why wait. they're playing that. They were playing that when they had James Harden, when they were number one seed in the, in the entire freaking league. I mean, just to interject, I, I guess I don't want to, you know, interrupt too much, but I, I think it's it's all kind of just matchup based. Like, you know, when the Warriors, it is went, all when the war, I mean, let's think about like last playoffs. You know, we started off great. We I think the Lakers had a uh, Dwight at center, 
and AD at the four. And when they started seeing the Rockets playing small, the Lakers played small. Now, that's where we lost, and we actually needed that presence. And looking at this Rockets team, Olenek and Wood can play at the four and five. Or That's why I think if we can get Mobley, Mobley and Wood can play together. But in a game like this where the words are going small and just – drilling threes because we have Olenek guarding Andrew Wiggins. It's like, you know, that's where you, I don't know, we want to see Tate at the four. I just feel like those small rotational changes can, like this team isn't, this team isn't talented in the a lot. The thing is, you but, have, you bring value when you can play multiple positions. You bring value when you can guard multiple positions. That's the comp with Draymond and uh, and Jay Sean Tate right there is that both of those guys can play multiple positions and they can guard multiple positions. For most of the night, Draymond Green was playing the five because they didn't have uh, they didn't have Wiseman up there. Mm-hmm. So, and, and there are lineups earlier this season that we've seen where Jay Sean Tate plays the five. I mean, a lot of those you know have have kind of gone away since they've gotten you know their size back with Christian Wood and Kelly Olynyk. But you know, I, I, I we can't we can't look at this team and think oh he's a three because uh, or KJ Martin's a three not a four because at the end of the day that's putting people in the boxes and. That is something that Steven Silas doesn't want to do. He wants to be able to rely on a certain number of guys so that his his rotations he can he can they can be interchangeable. You you can play these guys with each other. You don't have to you know like it's not like Legos where they all have to fit in in one specific spot. They they can you know it's like Mr. Potato Head or Potato Head. You you can you can put a different nose. You can put a different ear. You can put different eyeballs. You can put sunglasses. You can put uh, bifocals. You can do whatever you want. That's what that's what that's what the Rockets are trying to do, and that's what the league has turned into, right? So, like the Rockets consider Kevin Porter as a point guard, but John Wall's a, a point guard too. So it's like they're, they're both ball dominant guards. So mm-hmm. they they can both handle the ball. That's what James Harden and Russell Westbrook were. That's what James Harden and Chris Paul were. So it's something that they can just work on. And I think having Jay Sean Tate out there, like. So if you ask me the question, would I want Draymond Green on my team? Like, look, Draymond Green's super talented. So, yes, I would love to have talented people on my team. But Dray- Sean Tate and Draymond Green check off a lot of the same boxes. So I don't think that this team needs both of them, nor will that ever happen in, unless, you know, some meteoroid hits the earth and pigs start flying. Will Draymond Green join this team in the near future? But Sean Tate... Checks off a lot of boxes for me. He's only going to get better. He didn't have as good of a night tonight as we've seen from him offensively. But I think defensively, he is is growing. He's maturing into the kind of guy they need. I think every team needs a guy like Draymond Green to win the championship. And I'm, what the Rock and the Rockets, when they saw Draymond Green, they used P.J. Tucker to combat it. And Jay Sean Tate, when he came to Houston, who do we compare him to? P.J. Tucker. So the Rockets... In their championship formula down the line, they're hoping that Jay Sean Tate can fill that archetype. So you and I are both on the same page that John Collins should be the number one priority this offseason. Yes, right? yes. Okay. That, it's so always been John Collins. It's like right. Vontae Mack. Like Vontae Mack was obviously going to be the number one pick. Rest in peace, okay. Chadwick Bozeman. But like that was so obvious. Like J- okay. John Collins should be this team's 1201. And, we, and we've said it since the get go. So it's, my John Collins needs to be 1201. My only point in this, in my original statement, was then Jay Shantay becomes what? You're a small forward. Which Not necessarily, is what, Mike. Not yes, necessarily. It yes, it is. Because Christian Wood is your five. 
College is your four. But okay. you can play. Sorry. But the thing is, you can take you can take Christian Wood out. You can move Collins to the five. You can move Tate to the four. You can take you know John Collins out. You can move Tate to the four. Like it doesn't like we can't put these people in the boxes. But your best lineup. <laughs> Collins is a big. Say, Collins is your, a big. But your best <laughs> lineup includes those three guys. And all I'm saying is that Jay Sean Tate. Yes, you can move the guys any which way you want during the game. Crunch time. You want your best team on the floor? It includes Collins, Tate, and Wood. Well, it depends, making... on, it depends on the matchup, too. Okay. Nine if, if times out of ten, goes, that's your best If a spot. team goes super small, maybe you decide to uh, bench Collins or Wood. I don't know. So you're going to pay So you're gonna pay a guy $20-plus million to sit him on the bench. No, mat- no, you put him on the floor. If I'm paying a guy that much money, figure it out. Well, you know, just, you right. know, I think Collins, Collins, like, his fit, like you know, taking out Olenek and putting in Collins, he answers a lot of boxes that Olenek doesn't. I mean, Collins isn't a great defender by any stretch of the imagination, but if you put him out on the Tate, perimeter, that's where Tate he, can, you know, yeah, yeah, kind of camouflage he, he, that. He's serviceable there, and he's honestly he he's so much more explosive that yeah, you can put Tate and I think uh, Collins uh, next to each other. Uh, I think it's just especially you know Sterling Brown being out really did hurt the team because he gives us so much shooting and just you know, like ability at the wing. And that's where I think we really lack today. It was just, we could not stop Wiggins in the first half and we couldn't score from the wing and our guards really had to pick everything up. And, you know, that's, that's things where, where things kind of went downhill. Yeah. Well said, Jonathan, I got another speaker coming up. So any last thoughts? Uh, You know, as part of the process, you know, hopefully we make it out. <laughs> All right. Appreciate your support, Jonathan. Thank you for coming. Thanks, John. Thank you. All right, we got we got Harvey. This will be the last speaker of the night. Harvey, welcome to the Dream Take. How are you, my friend? Harvey, you there? All right, it appears we might have some technical difficulties with Harvey. I'll I'll let him back up if if he works those out. Uh, but I guess I kind of want to throw one last thing out, and it doesn't have to do with the game tonight. But it's something that I've talked to with people, and I want to bring it up. It's something that I've brought up before. And it's the idea to trade John Wall in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And I found a trade that would work. Um, and this, I'm all is, this is the trade, okay? Um, yes, sir. John Wall and a 2022 or it's, – it's a future first-round pick, whether it be 2022 or 2023, goes to the Los Angeles Clippers. And in return, the Rockets get Rondo, Beverly – Luke Kennard, and in the sign-in trade, Patrick Patterson. Would you do that trade, Michael Brown? Man, that's... I've talked about it with, with Clippers people, that, and Clippers people say that that deal, uh, at least this person that I was talking to, said that they would do this deal. So do I... Can I ask you a follow-up question or two to see... Let me guess, get... is it, is it who, who do they draft? Well, yeah, that's the first one. Well, in this case, so like this, this trade would be um, ha- would happen in the free agency because Patrick Patterson is a free agent. In order for this trade to work, they need to um, work out a signing trade, and it'd be like a a three year uh, deal for Patterson. But the the two years would be either uh, the last two years would be like partially guaranteed or not guaranteed. And look. Like, the Rockets have, I want to say they have, like, four first-round picks that could convey in 2023. Um, 
Because also keep in mind, they have a pick from Detroit, which probably won't convey until 2025, 2026-ish. But if you look at the picks that they have for 2022, right? They have their own and they have a Brooklyn pick. But in 2023, they have Brooklyn's pick, which which is a, or the, a Brooklyn swap, which you know may or may not happen. Um, Washington's pick, the trade that Washington dealt with John Wall, and this is a lottery-protected pick in 2023, top 12 in 2024, top 10 in 2025, and top 8 in 2026. Uh, then you also have your own pick, and then you have Milwaukee's first-round pick in 2023. So that's potentially um, three firsts. So they could they could hypothetically deal one of those, and the reason why the Clippers would do it because the Clippers don't have any picks and they can use that pick to then sell at a trade deadline down the line or, or something along the lines of that. Um, but look, I, I hate saying this because John Wall has been playing really well lately, but I, I would be remiss to think that the Rockets could be, you know, I, I don't know what the Rockets are really losing out on with, with not having John Wall there. I don't think they're losing out on that much. It's not like the team's winning. That much. I mean, they won against Dallas. Congratulations. But well, here's, here's, yeah, here's why it doesn't make sense. Because you already have, unless you're doing this trade to then flip either Beverly or. Um, well, I'm assuming Rondo would probably ask for a buyout or the Rockets would waive Rondo or something like that because Rondo's not going to play for a non contender. Patrick yeah. Beverly might stay because he, he loves Houston and. You know, well, yeah. he's he's familiar with the city, and he's only on a one-year contract. And, look, he would fit well with Kevin Porter Jr. Who are we comparing to Kevin Porter Jr.? James Harden light. And who oh, works shit. really well with James Harden for many Patrick years? Beverly. Patrick Beverly. So, like, I could see that hypothetically working. Even And even if you bring in uh, Cade. If you bring in Cade or, a guard, or like, Jalen Suggs, someone like that, then I still think that works. But also – and then Luke Kennard, you get another shooter. So are you going to start Kennard? Not necessarily. No, but, but, you, but it, 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 if you're going to lose Sterling Brown in the off season, which I think is, I think we're looking at that happening. Unfortunately, you need, you need a shooter to replace him. And Kennard gives that to you. Patrick Patterson's a nice little veteran. They can bring, he can still play probably as your ninth or 10th man. And I mean, that's, but uh, those are both very short term options. Obviously, the the key here is you make this trade so that you can get off John Wall's contract, and that allows you to, you know, that opens up money for you, right? It opens up money for you down the line. I get it. But here's why it doesn't make sense, too, is because Kennard Kennard just signed a four-year, $56 million contract. Well, you have to – if you're going to give money away, you got to take some back. No, I agree, but it makes no sense for your roster, though. You already have Eric Gordon – who is he a starter? Is he a bench well, guy? Well, Eric Gordon's going to be the next guy traded. Okay, so Eric Gordon is probably going to be, you know, is should also be considered for trades this offseason. However, I I don't think that teams are going to be as interested in him. I mean, teams are also probably not going to be interested in John Wall, but the reason why I bring this specific trade up is because John Wall is a guy that, you know, with the Clippers needing a point guard needing an upgrade at point guard, John Wall provides that. So I could probably, you know, and I probably will at some point 
over the next couple of weeks introduce some potential Eric Gordon scenarios, and and we'll see about that. Um, but you'll just have to stay tuned and tune into the Dream Take ev- after every Rockets basketball game to to learn more and to chat more. So thank you guys that stayed up with us tonight and listened to the Dream Take live with us here on Locker Room. We truly and greatly appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you to our callers tonight, uh, Jonathan, Jake, uh, who we have earlier. We had um, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Um, and, yeah, we'll be back on Locker Room uh, sometime next week. I believe if we're looking at the schedule for games next week, we play Monday night against the Suns. I believe, Mike, you're doing that one on Facebook, correct? Yes, sir. All right, so Mike will be on Facebook Monday night. So go like us on Facebook if you're over there. We'll be back also on Wednesday here in Locker Room. We play Indiana and Friday against Denver, I believe. I guess um, depending on my schedule Wednesday, I might be able to do one on Locker Room, but Mike, we might have to switch on uh, Wednesday and Friday out. But we try to go every other game uh, here on Locker Room and here on Facebook, but we will tweet out our schedule for the week before before the games go on. And the Rockets come to Orlando uh, a week from tomorrow, I guess. So that's exciting. Um, I'm actually going to be at the game. I'm going to be working it. Um, but I, I'm not going to be watching it as a, as a fan, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, hopefully we get some Rockets wins soon. I, uh, I know it's not the, um, the end goal for this season, but uh, always nice to see a Rockets win. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, just, I guess, me as a fan wanting to watch Rockets win. It's weird, Mike, how how we've kind of played off this uh, role reversal that we've had. You know, you came into the room tonight saying that it was a win tonight, and I was, I guess, a little more pessimistic tonight. But yeah. uh, I guess that's why we're peanut butter and jelly. But uh, feel free to drop your Twitter handle for the listeners. BSW Podcast underscore MB. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. Nothing fancy, just my name, J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Be sure to follow The Dream Take on Twitter as well, at The Dream Take and The Dream Shake on Twitter at Dream Shake SBN. Check out all of our content, all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com at TheDreamShake.com. Be sure to subscribe to The Dream Take on your podcast app of choice. And thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Take. And until next time, go Rockets! Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.